Welcome to Smart Everything and Us, a series of conversations around our increasingly entangled relationship with digital things. My name is Chris Framberger, and this work has been made possible by the Next Generation Internet Initiative and the University of Aarhus. In my first conversation, I speak to Rob von Kranenberg. Rob is the founder of the IoT Council, a network of people in the think tank that organizes discussions and events around the topic of the Internet of Things. He is considered one of the key influencers in the field and for a long time has lended a more critical perspective to the debate. In this conversation, we speak about the different narratives that provide us with the ideas for what IoT should do for us and where these narratives are coming from. Inevitably, we start talking politics about new and old kings, the revenge of the engineers and how even ultimate hippie structures still reproduce old power structures. Rob paints some dystopian pictures about a future in which civic society is privatized, but also has some radical propositions for a different future, not hiding behind privacy debates, but acknowledging the reality of full transparency he advocates in strategic ways for first taking back control of our infrastructure by building a European identity system that provides all the core services in a new form of governance. Once we have reclaimed this vital infrastructure, we can start debating a paradigm shift and slow the system down. Rob is a very knowledgeable and critical mind that analyzes technology and society from historical, cultural and political perspectives. His ideas may sound radical and possibly counterintuitive, but change is also urgent. Importantly, however, he remains positive about our ability to bend current trajectories for better futures. Maybe being a detail master helps. Enjoy. Rob, thank you very much for, for joining me today. And it's a great opportunity and pleasure to kind of have my first uh, conversation with you as part of the uh, as Smart Everything in Us series. Um, so I, the two of us, we, we met at the IoT Week in Aarhus, uh, right? And we kind of uh, chatted along uh, on a walk and, and we found many uh, similar thoughts that we share and it was very inspiring. Um, there were there were two things for me at IoT Week that I found really interesting. Um, one was that the UN sustainability goals were on everybody's lips and I found that a very interesting thing to see. Um, and equally, I, uh, a number kind of stuck with me and, and the number was 125 billion connected devices that are predicted to exist by 2030 in the world. Uh, that's an incredible amount of like technology that will be around us, right? Um, at, at least we, we will not have any fears of running out of jobs because we will be running around and uh, changing the batteries in every one of them. But uh, what what is your take on, you know, what this amount of technology around us and in our life will will make of us as, you know, as humanity, as human people, um, of, of, as, as a species, really? Well, um, that's a great question. <laughs> but, um, 
Well, I think the two are combined. Well, if you go back to your first two, two observations, I think they are com- they are we can combine them. So I think the reason for seeing these sustainability goals at the, at the conference at this moment is um, for building a narrative and creating context. Because um, um, uh, if we're honest, and, and this is what the engineers know, um, it, that that. If there is not uh, a proper narrative, if there is not a meaning to all of this, it's it's just an awful lot of tech push that is coming from predictive maintenance and coming from the factories. So, in a way, there's basically two main trajectories for this Internet of Things that 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 we and means we as in we, you and me, and people want to think about this in a system perspective. Is that the, the first line is very old goes back to, to techne and phronesis and the Greek way of and tooling. So it goes back to, to humans being, uh, let's say, coming from certain ways of living and then building tools and becoming hunter-gatherers and so forth. It's sort of all of the, the whole history is there. And with every tool that we build, we sort of added some capability to us as humans. And... Um, and so this goes on until, let's say, the Industrial Revolution. And the people then thinking about this extra of capability, like Heidegger in the, coming in the, the few decades back, is already worried about the extra that is built in a mechanical uh, sort of worldview where people can actually pull more weight because of the little thing that we sort of start building. And so in his type of thinking... He's focusing on, well, what happens with all the extra? Sort of what happens with, if we combine all the extras of all the capabilities of all these tools? Sort of what's happening there? And for him, already purely in a mechanical way, he's already quite worried that, that there's something happening or building or sort of actualizing that is beyond our human control in a way, in a sense. Now, if we look at our situation at the moment, then we've taken that worry to a triple, extreme, triple, triple, triple. Because we're not dealing with a mechanical world, we're dealing with a software world, in which we're not even aware of what code is running in, in most of the, the uh, systems that we're using. I'm not even talking about the algorithms that are, that are on the level of data, but purely on the level of code, we have no clue. And if you then go and look at um, studies that talk about uh, bugs in code, then there are some studies that are, have clear ideas about uh, the number of, like, the percentage of. So, mm. basically, and then we are in a situation in which we can only debug that situation with the same software that we are, right? So, so in terms of Heideggerian worry, we're already in, 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 like, in a clinic or something, right? So, we're already in a very, very strange environment, and this is exactly what we're in, in a very strange environment. Mm. And, um, so then, so if that very long line, I think, is something that, without understanding that, it's very difficult to understand the more short line, which is, let's say, basic automation from the 50s, with the first computers um, running in factory type of environments, with very, very clear purpose, with very, very clear output, with very, very clear context and focus. Um, mm-hmm. And with very limited um, challenge in the sense of granularity of problems. It, you have an output, you have a product, and that's what you have to sort of build. It's not a life. 
It's not so, mm. but that's the, the factory. And so there, you can say that after after trying to out optimize because it's not really there because eighty percent of the factories haven't yet been fitted out with all these all this stuff, but they're being fitted as we speak. But yeah. let's say the modern factory um, is is basically capable of running itself to a certain extent, but it's fully fully built with predictive maintenance situations in terms sort of the machines have sensors, capabilities, they check on themselves, and before things happen, they sort of send out alerts. This was the major function of of IoT then sort of in these factories. And, and of course, paradoxically, the engineers have been doing this for ages. So all the, <laughs> all the stories that we know now about the cloud and the edge, They've been doing the edge for ages because they had, they were running the analytics on their machines in the factories and they would get, but they were, it wasn't called analytics and it wasn't called sort of all of these nice things. But so the reason then why what happens the way I see it, because I was very, I come from, from, from a very different field. I come from literature and, and uh, I come from interaction and interaction design. So I was immensely struck in around 2000. Seeing this sort of happening, seeing this um, back end spill over into the front, moving all this stuff into real world situations, moving it into the streets, moving it into the supermarkets, moving it into not the factories, but the actual actual uh, zones of operation of everyday life. Where we, where we think. And without any form of debate, without any form of, 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 um, of, of thinking, without any form of design, and without any form of um, of understanding that it was actually creating a kind of uh, what we call now digital twin of the situation, but a digital twin in which only a very small subset of people would actually have the capability to actually run that or, or get to see that digital twin. So as we move into a situation like a street in which we stand there and see all these things, and everybody in the street as a citizen can see these things and we fought for about hundreds of, of years of having some democratic um, accessibility of uh, voting in city councils and of having something to say and all of these things. At the same time as you stand there and you, you seem to observe all these things, um, there is a very small group of, and this is also people, and they can call themselves all kinds of names, but still people, that have a, have a, a second view, and the second view is actually um, based on defining properties of things that, that we see and combining them, um, and actually getting a kind of a head start in the same situation in, in sort of which we are. And people like, like me and interaction designers and more people are thinking, the philosophers, um, and people who understand this kind of in-between zone were seeing that very early and trying to get that onto the table. It was really impossible to get that on the table anyway. Mm. So there was no table on which that could be discussed. So we had to build the table and we had to build the discussion. Really interesting that you that you brought up Heidegger and, and tool use of Heidegger, right? Because um, obviously there is a there is a, a philosopher um, in the Netherlands, uh, Peter Paul Fabek, who kind of does this post phenomenology, and he he was critiquing Heider to kind of t uh, uh, deal with tools in a bit of an old-fashioned way, and he tried to kind of 
bring it in the cyborg uh, century. And he, he was making a lot of the same arguments that uh, I think you alluded to, uh, that that the agency of things in kind of mediating our Dasein is is just exploding, right? That we You used a, a sentence in one of your emails that you wrote me before and that things have always been active agents. Um, and I, really that kind of now rings so much more true than back in the day when Heidegger was writing about a hammer, right? But uh, nowadays we see, you know, smart things that have so much more agency out over our lives that without really much debate about what that means, you know, we we kind of put them put ourselves into the hands of of that kind of technology, and 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 it creates a sort of like very different uh, uh, space for humans and their activities. Absolutely, but I think you you put it really right. You said we put ourselves there, and this is exactly what we did. So if you look at the rate of adoption of of radio and television and smartphones, for example, smartphones been adopted in ten years. And if you go outside, you'll see everybody walking with such a thing. Nobody's forcing people to do that. You know, nobody's nobody's actually saying that they should, but we all we're, we're all somehow doing that. So I think um, we have so to start. Why, why why do you think that is? I mean, why why has has uh, I think ten, that tendency to kind of give over power to something that they don't even quite know what uh, it will do with that? Well, I think. Um, well, that's, that's a major question because, uh, but I think that's that's always been, in a way, that's always been the case. So the way I see it, so there's two two sets of arguments. One is um, we come from an extremely strange and bad situation. So um, the in 1452 we could print books, the Gutenberg Press. If the there was, I think there were about three million people in Europe in 1450. And if the kings and queens would have wanted, they could have made everybody literate by 1500, right? But if I ask going to read a book in 1600, they take off my head. If I ask going to read a book in my language in 1700, they take off my head as well. I go to the stake, I get burned. If I ask going to read a book in my language in 1800, 1900, I'm probably in jail because I'm a socialist, communist, or anarchist. So the first public library, free public book lending in the UK is 1918. The first free public book lending library in Den Haag, in Holland, is 1918. It's the work of one That's man. That's amazing, huh? It's amazing. <laughs> I mean, if you think about that, so then, but then you realize that we have the power to distribute learning tools in 1452, print books, make schools. And we've done that, but we've, we've done that in our democratic society, so-called democratic society. We've done that in, in about 400 years. So power, raw power, stalled distributing learning tools for about 450 years, and they built schools, and they built all kinds of medals and models like the PhD and the, and and sort of and and that and and all these the gatekeepers and and the sort of quality and all of these things is what they built everything they build the institutions they build the notion of democracy voting every year every four years on up to a and then voting for a party that's getting funded by the same model, which is called democracy. Sort of, I mean, all of these things uh, are, are quite debatable and, and extremely um, have, have caused a situation in which simple people like us have always, have always even either been forced or have been in a kind of hegemonical, hegemonial way been thought to to be free or somehow but we've always been boxed in extremely mm. by all of these situations but but isn't that also uh, maybe 
related to the to the narrative of modernity in a, in a way that we've always been looking to kind of improve ourselves through tools to kind of make our our lives better uh, and it's sort of like uh you know everything that's new is is making us a better uh, species or or better better humanity uh, in in these ways and and maybe there's just the narrative there that is taken um in, in a very uncritical way. And it's just like everything that's new must be better than the old thing, right? I think you hit you really hit the nail there. I think that's it. But this is this is part of the, the narrative of techne, of technology, as mm. a progress as a notion of progression, of progression and, and always improving on the situation. Mm. And so the way sort of uh, to come back to your question like why would we why are we doing all of this? And sort of why are Millennials, let's say, on their phones, born with the phones, the iGens as well. Why is this um, sort of happening? I think, well, going back to this is um, going back to to the days in which, in, in the early days, where we lived in the tribes, there were like 40, 50 people. And to me, it's very sort of very simple. So we, we we've been in with 40, 50 people. That's kind of a logical number that we we, we like as a. Um, as we moved from villages to cities, we are now re, re, recreating, reinventing these tribes and these tribal structures with our phones. So we constantly in real time there, so you're constantly you're constantly validated by your you're constantly sort of like you're never alone. You're sort of like you, you don't have to feel insecure. You can give it, but you, it's basically the feeling of the tribe, sort of like and it's your tribe. It's not so. It's not. Is not, what we know is also already pretty boxed in, but, but for somebody looking at it, thinking he can choose, he or she can choose in 300 apps, you think you can choose, choose in 300 apps. We know it's three companies or whatever, and it's the same rules, but it still looks like it's 300 apps. So this is the freedom. I think this is also the mistake of the Hong Kong youth at the moment, but that's a different story, but, but we mm. there may be some point. But this is now the, the tragedy that we see being played out by these millennials, sort of mistaking this, this notion of, this notion for freedom in such any kind of way, which is of course the, the freedom mm-hmm. to choose within a very boxed-in environment. But that's that's basically the key. But these going back to these um, to these tribes, sort of you would have like um, three or four people going in and out. Probably that's you and me, sort of like the manic guys, the crazy, sort of like uh, always looking for. That's always in the in between, not afraid of anything in some terms of thinking of thinking things. Sort of and 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 being very open and actually being more like a channel or a connector. So you have to go out and you bring things. Then you've got your kings, of course, so those, and then you got your soldiers and you got your your priests and sort of all of that. And everybody has very clear roles. And in the middle, there would always be a little group, the makers, and they would work with whatever was brought back into the tribe, and they would do the tooling. And their key quality is that they have no transcendence. That the key quality of that group is that they will make things more efficient, but always within the, um, the environment in which they, were, they are in. So they will only and always incrementally um, proceed from what they know very briefly, but you cannot bring any like new ontology in there that has to come from the priest very, very, very slowly. Any, any sort of um, uh, any new ontology is a huge disruption is basically the end of the tribe. Now that so if you look at this, this beautiful books about um, about notions of power and and sort of we we went through the phase of the guys with the muscles they are still here 
Mm-hmm. You went through the phase of the priests. They're still here. They're in Europe doing. We have the priests doing the legal stuff, thinking they can regulate everything. Um, and then you have um, the sort of like let's say the 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 businessman type situation. We get Trump. All of these all of these systems are now basically dying. So their core qualities flare up. Their supporting qualities go. So you get the ultimate core of the the model. You get Trump, the business person. You get the priest in Europe. You get you get the um, the warrior kings in, that we know, like Putin, Erdogan, you get this, the scientific engineers in China that are also going OCD on trying to basically control mm-hmm. everything. And this is all due to the fact that all of these systems were built on this book model that were able to sort of gradually, gradually incrementally make steps over 450 years. And then, of course, in the 50s came WW, came TSPIP, we said no gatekeeper, pass on the packet. On top of that, HTML, no gatekeeper, no Xanadu, Ted Nelson, but no reciprocity, Tim Berners-Lee said, pass on the link. And we get IoT. So we have, we have, a, we have and David Bowie called this an alien. Uh, it is alien, of course. Mm. So in this world that was built for thousands of years on exclusivity, on patterns, on greed, on violence, on all of these notions, all of a sudden, becomes a horizontal sort of um, a protocol. TCP/IP pass on a packet. No, just don't care where it coming from. Where it comes from, we don't care where it goes to. The ultimate hippie anarchist sort of protocol. And on top of that, Tim Berners-Lee does something unheard of in the 90s. He could normally he would made another another um, he would do Steve Jobs and sort of build mm-hmm. his own empire, but he open sourced it. And he said, pass on the link, also no reciprocity. You can just, anybody can build anything. Now, this, of course, 50 years, then IoT comes along, which is massive, massively cheap uh, software, just hardware is no cost, cloud is no cost, sort of like, it's just, it's just massively. And um, so, to me, this spells two things. It could be let's seen as a revenge of the engineers. <laughs> this maker group, <laughs> Like throughout history, has to build crazy, crazy castles for kings, like Ludwig from Byron and so like. The engineers had to build uh, war, war, war machines all the time, and they built them. And um, so now they've, you can say in a little bit, they they are going rogue. So the the engineers went rogue, and they basically stopped all the other power systems. And but the trouble with this and intelligence is, is that it's purely what it is. It has no transcendence. It has no honor. Uh, it has no values. It has no. It just keeps incrementally working on what it has and what it knows. And this is a f- series in which we're in now. Mm. So the it's the main mental model has now become um, this this maker engineering mindset of being effective, being rational, being productive. Being efficient, being optimal, being sort of all these things that used to be just one part of the story, just one part of life. That's now they are now in a cockpit, so they're now driving anything, everything. So this then will is making it possible for people now to actually say things like, "I'm very efficient. I've got, I've optimized my my resources," sort of like. So it's not as if the machines are sort of taken over. People have turned themselves into machines to a certain extent because the mental model of the entire 
driving forces of society as a whole on the planet at the moment is this. And and that is uh, that's that's I think the whole that's the trouble but, and the challenge. Yeah. But but isn't it interesting to kind of observe that although TCPIP might have been like the ultimate hippie structure, kind of, you know, everybody's equal and, and you just pass on uh, the packet and everything. Um, it, it kind of reproduced, maybe in a lightly skewed version of it, uh, the power structures of the past. I mean, we still have our kings. You know, our kings are nowadays Facebook and Google and exactly. uh, and, and, and the other big companies that yes. are in full control of what happens on the stack yes. and, and who gets in, you know, these kind of different business models or and who's being left out. There's complete control over power there. So yes. how... Uh, I mean, how and, and with IoT, you know, the promise is, is that this this surveillance capitalism is just only going to get ex- uh, much worse and explodes in our face because, yeah. you know, with with 10 times as much uh, devices on Earth than people, you know, you can you can measure everything and, yes. and, and you make yourself measurable in any in every way. Yes. Um, so how how did the the kings of today kind of manage to take the hippie protocol and turn it into their kingdom again. Well, that's, uh, well, 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 uh, well, first of all, you're totally right. But I, and and um, I've always worked on the because as you started, you said a slightly skewed, mm. and that's what I've always that's what I'm focusing always on on the slightly skewed. Mm. Um, well, I think it's quite logical. It says like just if we go back to, for example. Um, um, okay, I think for me the most in, most logical and most powerful example is um, is in, in Christianity, where we have um, a book uh, by I think it's called Christopher Nolan, uh, Jesus Before Christianity, and he's explaining how Jesus is somehow preaching in a field at some some place, and um, and he says, well probably he said to a lot of people there, are hundreds of people, um, everyone who has some food, can you just Share it a bit, right? Sort of that, that, that's, uh, and then the Catholic Church turned this into the miracle of the, the, the unprecedented and unbelievable and crazy multiplication of fish and bread. And, um, but it was just some simple guy saying, let's share some things. Now, this was so dangerous and it still is so dangerous. This, this type of, of, of common sense, uh, things. That the church actually had to turn these simple things into miracles in order to remove them from the notion of every day, from the notion that it's actually quite possible, right? Sort of have these simple things. So I don't think it's such so strange that the first iterations of the immense potential for transparency, for fairness, for new bias, was of course it's bias, it's a different bias, but it's a new bias. Mm-hmm. It's not really, it's not gender, greed, but what we see all across being played out with the immense amount of corruption everywhere that we, that we sort of uh, see. Um, that it's not so strange that the first iteration of that will be taken over by greed, ego, and power. So, um, Bill Gates, let's say one example of, of, of how, of taking all of this um, close down open source development of Word with his famous or infamous letter to the open source community uh, in which he basically said, well, we've all been working on this open source protocol, but I've been working a bit more with my friend and I want to charge some money and we've now made it into Word and we made it into Microsoft Word. And this with a simple letter, he sort of 
So this was this is like it was a simple mm. king act, right? I mean, mm. it's, it's very hard. We, we were coming from like a centuries of 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 oppression and of hegemony in thinking that simple acts of sharing are miracles. Imagine how this plays out still in, 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 our, in <laughs> yeah. our culture and history and religion. And then we come from hundreds of years of of, of schools, of, of of books, of people, of, of kings and queens with a terrible, terrible pressure on anyone who simply wants to give things away or who wants to share or who simply wants to build good services or who wants reciprocity in their systems, who doesn't want to build on extracting value and then just chucking it away. Mm. So all of this, I mean, this is, this has been sort of, this has been shown as somehow good. It's very difficult, um, to, to somehow. So the thing is, the, um, Steve Jobs, the other sort of hero, ripped off Xerox Park, which we all know, and Mark Zuckerberg called his first users dumb fucks. So this is, this is what, this is what, so these are the kind of people own the very same, I would say awful people with the very, very same awful behavior that of course grabbed this territory like crazy. And also why, and that this is very, very serious at the moment also I think to me now, in the same way this happened also with Gramsci. So mm. Gramsci, um, had a very simple idea. So he said, uh, before you have political power, you need cultural power. And, um, but who is using Gramsci now? The right is using Gramsci. So we have a Gramscism of the right from the 60s with Alfred de Benoit and the Nouvelle Droite taking over this very simple common sense idea of this Italian Marxist who died in a communist, in a fascist prison. From the 50s, and I've been studying all of this, from the 50s, the left, has been saying, well, Gramsci, very little, isn't there very little economic modeling there? Sort of like, he's, he's sort of, he's not looking at the material base. The feminists were saying, well, it's, it's, it's a gender, it's a gender sort of uh, thing now. The, the, uh, the Afro-activists were saying, it's actually, it's about race and da da da. Then we got the postmodern feminists saying, it's about jouissance, it's about sort of like pleasure and sort of all of that. And they all forgot to, to use Gramsci and, and, uh, with the result now that we've uh, sort of lost him. The same thing is happening now. We don't have a progressive vision on this, um, situation in which we're in, which you're quite right. We will have to accept full traceability of all objects and all processes and all machines everywhere in a seamless way. That's what we're building. That's what we'll get. So there's no doubt about that. Mm. That's not, I, but that's not the problem in itself. The problem is who is looking at the data coming from these systems. But mm. as, but if all my so-called left progressive friends are, are still fighting backward fights on privacy and on security, as if it's actually possible to have a different world, to have a world without connectivity, or to have a world that is actually not looking like this. Mm. And so I really miss a progressive front that is actually, um, that is actually able to stare reality into the face, like with Nietzsche, instead of hiding itself in all mm. kinds of nice niches. And that's, mm. I think, the major problem, because the only thing, and then I'll stop, the only mm. thing, the only problem actually here is, look, 
who is looking at all the data? Mm. So, so it's it's quite clear that what we have to do, what we have to what we have to advocate, is to say, look, no one should have a priority position at the moment in looking at all this data. Everyone should be able to look at all the data at all the same time, continuously, always. That's that's the default position. The second position is that we have to break identity. So we cannot have a system in which it's possible to have an identity subject and then have that subject be be sort of link it because it's, it's going to be everywhere. It's, it's, it's going to be totally impossible to mm-hmm. sort of not 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 be anywhere. These two things are possible to break mm-hmm. identity. So you can only have like um, attribute based identities. You will never expose yourself in 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 in, uh, in this kind of full way as of exposing yourself as yourself. Um, but it's I think it's our job to to um, negotiate with everyone who is who is a stakeholder at the moment, which is and the government and the intelligence services, especially the security forces uh, and the police and um, uh, and sort of big business and small business and the hackers and sort of that, is to build situation and to say, look, we know this is coming. Basically, it's already here. I mean, actually, it's already here. Hmm. And um, so so we. The, the key is we have to build new tools for mediation, new tools for conflict, new tools for conflict management in a situation in which all data are open to everyone. Mm. That's, that's, mm. That has to be the default. And then we can start, then we have to start, now start working with each other. If we don't do that, then, um, then it's, it's no, without a doubt that any of the, any of the, of the national states at the moment in Europe, and also the Commission and Europe as a whole um, is is 100% geared towards building uh, a situation, a full clarity situation for them to have us as subjects in such mm-hmm. a system. Mm-hmm. I mean, what is really interesting is is that you said like it's no wonder that such a level playing field was first taken over by some. You know, by by the the, the problematic figures again. You know, the, the, who exploited yeah. you know the internet for their own business models and and kind of turned it into what we're seeing now. Uh, and and the question though is is that is there going to be a second iteration of something? Yes. Because because I mean, with progress as it is, right, we're going to be in a new situation every year, right? There's going to be IoT, there's going to be smartness, there's going to be AI in a, to to unprecedented levels. And every time, you know, aren't, aren't we taking too long to kind of make sense of the situation so that we're always kind of on a back foot to kind of design something that we actually want? Absolutely. So the logical trajectory for where we're going now is for Europe is, um, but also for the world is, let's say, 400 smart cities, which will be military zones and Mad Max in between. Mm. So there's no more. The, um, the I think we're looking at a like a Berlin Wall scenario very very quickly. I mean, we're talking about systems that are basically powerless. We're talking about like Europe, which has lost the data war to Gafa. Mm. It has no platforms. The Mindsphere from Siemens runs on Amazon for a large part. We're losing the AI race because we have no data lakes to run the AI on. So um, logically. Um, if nothing happens, um, European citizens will pay more um, money to services from from commercial actors, 
and will start wondering why they will still pay 60% of their 100 euro, let's say 60 to, to in taxes, mm -hmm. to um, national states who basically have no more agency over law because it comes out of Brussels, have no more agency over instruments because they privatize them, and have no more, have no more agency over um, money because it's now euros. And basically are an empty shell already. Now I'm not, I'm not advocating this, uh, on the national news or I'm not going to say this in, in popular television because, but basically these systems only exist in the eight o'clock news. And it's, and the people that are somehow talking in, are not, are just making noise. They're just doing theater. They have no more real agency. Hmm. This is already the case. Now, on top of that, they don't own my data. They don't have my data. And if data is a new oil or somehow it seems to be, and if data is actually feeding these new AI systems, and if data is feeding the algorithms that are, that are giving me basically also my price online, which will go offline in five years, so you will have no more fixed pricing anywhere in the supermarkets, just put your phone to some item and you will get your price, and this will happen and people will complain, but there's nothing we can do about it because we also have not complained that you and me pay a different price for any flight that we take if we book a, book it uh, online and this is so also these algorithms are not in our hands so so what i'm saying is unless we start building a, a european system that takes into account that will be full iot it will be full monitoring it will be it will be the same as everywhere else on the planet which it already is is as long as we don't have mm. this system perspective um then we will have no agency on, on what's mm. happening. What this means for you and me as citizens is very serious. Mm. It means mad, but it means mad max. Mm. It means the end of our democratic system. It means the end of our institutions because they will be no longer fed and nobody will be able to actually fuel them. Mm. Basically, they already are, they are, are already gone. So we have, I think, a window frame of five to ten years. So, so, but I mean, to kind of break this trajectory or maybe bend it towards uh, a vision that um, is more is more European, I suppose, or, or humane, or, or or in in line with values that uh, a lot of citizens in Europe would kind of uh, say that is close to them. How I mean, is it enough to kind of accept that we have full transparency and where, I mean, is that, is that not already kind of a dystopian world that we probably don't want to live in? Um, like, uh, in, a, in a way, it could be like, I, I would agree with that uh, sort of in a way, but if you look at the millennials and iGens and things like that, um, their, their notion of autonomy is already very quite radically, radically different of, of our notion of autonomy. And that notion is, is that a good thing? I mean, that's but, but it doesn't. But that's not. A, I mean, but but why would we sort of? I mean, I agree. Sort of, we can discuss that if that's a good thing. But it's it's pointless. It's 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 sort of. I would. I mean, if if I'm honest, no, it's not a good thing. Of course, that let's put. If I had a red button here, I would push it. Just it's going. It's crazy. It's, the whole thing is insane. Um, but we're building a ship. I mean, that's that's definitely what's sort of uh, what's 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 sort of happening. Again, we we all as people we have allowed a particular intelligence to occupy the driver's seat, and this particular intelligence has taken over all future capabilities of future scenarios at mm -hmm. this moment. 
this is we can be against this, but this is how the, like the Cathars would probably feel that the same when they were on the mountain in um, in uh, when 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 all the the, the 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 Christian militias came to sort of uh, to sort of to kill them and to wipe them out. They would have always also been thinking it's not such a good situation, but I mean, but it it, it, it was reality. Now I think. This is also the difference between us, in a way, because I'm like you in that respect. I spent way too much time on actually on on dreaming, in a way, sort of like uh, things like. And the people who've acted very quickly, of course, are the Chinese. Mm. Now, why? Because the last Chinese government had tw- nine engineers, scientists out of twelve top politicians. Then the scientists are engineers. So the the um, the intelligence that's actually at the driver's seat is 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 in reality also in the driver's seat in China. That's that's how they build. You can be against it for it, but that's how they sort of conceived it and built it. Um, in our so-called driver's seat, the politicians that we still still have the, the 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 things that we think are still irrelevant, like voting, which is totally irrelevant, and and all of this legislation, which is which may be relevant to a certain extent, or getting some money or fining some people. But this is not a system that can last. You cannot build a, a viable worldview on on um, on a, um, a paradigm that exists of finding people and trying them to get money from them. This is this is a, this is not sustainable. Sort of like mm-hmm. this, this will go down. So the mm-hmm. European model of trying to regulate an old situation uh, and regulating the repercussions instead of the drivers is not is, is going down. So all I'm saying is, if you if you want to have some agency on this, you have to regulate the drivers, and you have then to take. The, you have then to to um, to start from there. And that's what the Chinese have mm-hmm. been doing. That's what Gafa has been doing. That's what Amazon has been doing, and that's what they still do. Now they get so incredibly wise. Like every second, they are getting wiser, and we're getting poorer and dumber. Um, and so all I'm saying to the, to the politicians and to the policymakers that I meet in Europe is that if you think you can keep regulating this and then I wish you good luck, but you can't. Mm. And, um, and then they, they are, they are, I think the people who get it are complicit in the, the total breakdown of our model, which will, I will think will lead to like civil war in, in five to 10 years. Mm. And this will be a very mean and bad war. Mm. Because it it will be it will be um, uh, Mad Max. Mm-hmm. But it, uh, so so what is then the vision, the utopia of like IoT? Is is there a good ending, or could there be a good ending to that yes. story? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, and the funny thing is, so um, well, I mean, I like my Lenin, of course. So um, um, not in a sense of because. I mean, I, I, of course, in the whole, in that whole history, I was more on the side of Magno and anarchists, but, and, and on some of the, some of the aristocrats who already in 1870, 1880 went to, um, the Tsar, uh, which was then the Beseda circle. So the interesting thing, at, uh, for example, for that is, um, around 1890, Everybody saw that things that 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 model was was going down. The only one who didn't see it was a Tsar. Uh, so the the right wing aristocrats organized themselves in the Bezeda circle, and this Bezeda circle tried to get him and and court to understand that that 
the, that there had to be like major social reform or they would all perish. Now the same um, uh, sort of the communists, the, the name wasn't there then, but sort of like the, as we know them now, they made the same analysis and the anarchists also made the same analysis. But then the, the, the divides between the anarchists, the communists and the aristocrats were so huge that they couldn't talk to each other. They couldn't, they couldn't find each other. They couldn't set up a meeting or a workshop, like get everybody into the room. So the anarchists went on throwing bombs. The communists went on organizing. And the Beseda circle was, um, was, was basically shunned by, by the court. And we know what happened. We had the, the massacre in 1905 and then the revolution in 1917, which is a massive, massive waste of, of, of people and resources and, and led to huge, huge amounts of, of, of problematic stuff. Um, and all because people wanted to do good. Uh, they all wanted to do good, right? Sort of, uh, and um, so there's no doubt about that. Um, now, the same situation, I would say, so what you're looking for is like a key on the door, like you look at the key. Now, the key that I see is the passport. It's very simple. Mm. And um, so this what, that's what I've been proposing for the past 10 years. We turn the passport into a device and we do a simple Steve Jobs. We build a machine for 500 million people. Everybody gets that device. You're on the device anywhere. You get a free messaging service. You build an app store. You do your health like Estonia eCard. It can run the eCard. You can um, you can put your um, education. You can put your you can put everything in there. And we have a 500 million zone. That device then only talks to our platforms. It only talks to our uh, clouds. Uh, it only runs our. It could be a 5G phone, and you can run sort of like all of that. Ideally, as we have it now, in Decode, the project. There's Dynork and Jaromil, and they're building mm. a very special, um, it's a very special philosophy, basically. Mm. And the, uh, the key is that we can run a virtual machine on a chip, and we can embed that in the device. We can also embed that in all kinds of chips, in the lamps, in the washing machines, and all the IoT stuff. Um, we can also embed it in a router. We basically, Dynork has built its own router, DAOs, DAOs.au. Mm. Um, and we can run it uh, through all kinds of infrastructure, uh, and especially in the new 5G uh, infrastructure. So we build a triangle. That triangle is is um, where we embed our rules and our values, which is um, infrastructure is centralized. We don't need a competition on infrastructure. Just we, we centralize the infrastructure for 500 million people, which is also bring down costs radically. We can do recycling. It can, we can we can run it. On green tech, and you can actually get you can you can you can really do all the things you want, but you have to own the infrastructure, you have to own the hardware. That's the only way. And then you can you can you can implement GDPR sort of like in it, sort of uh, you don't have to enforce it. You can in it. You don't have to go and and add people one by one in a situation in which to me is war already. So you need some you need some you need to do, you have to do some urgent things, and urgent things is taking the terrain. In the last instance, where it is, which is this passport. Now, interestingly, we got now already four to five contestants on this passport. We've got ID2020. They want to build a passport for refugees for two billion people, and this is Accenture and Microsoft and and um, an IDEO and lots of other people. They got a massive ecosystem, um, but of course, they're not just after the unbanked. The next step is providing identity for everyone and also providing maybe like a hardware identity, like a phone, because that's what they want to give to the refugees because they want to do some good 
for them. This is take for good in that in that. Uh, but it's of course a massive, massive, massive attack on the last man standing mm. in the public system, which is the last thing that these public systems have. Like I said, in Holland, for example, they've got no more money, they got no more instruments, they got no more law. They're basically it's basically just a story. I can, I can sort of. It's, 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 it's like the emperor's clothes, and this is, this is happening in all these countries. Mm. It's, it's really funny. It's really funny that when you kind of started with this kind of vision of the pastor that runs for 500 million people in in Europe on that on that state-owned kind of infrastructure. No, no, state-owned. No, no, no. No, it's a new governance. So this is what we have to build. So as I can grew along, because we don't want the states in there. We don't want these old institutions in there. I want them out. So we we don't want the commission is not going to run this. So this is really up to us. <laughs> so all I'm saying is, once you get that story and you don't decide to do anything, you cannot come back and don't come complaining because you know yeah, what's yeah, going yeah. to happen, right? So so this is the this is the this is the this is sort of like the fight. The fight is as the internet grew, I can grew along with it. As this will grow, a new sort of governance structure will grow along with it. And this is what we, and this has to be citizens, business, all type of governments or new type of governments, but new types of, this is really a new governance structure. We have to build a new governance structure. That's the, the yeah. thing. The passport, the, the device is basically, it's very, we can do this overnight. It's, mm. it's, it's basically, um, but it's a political arena, isn't it? And, and, and that's, that's the new thing about it. Absolutely. Um, and, and, and what is, what is interesting, uh, when you said, like, when you described this idea, I immediately thought, like, oh God, how we, how, how can we kind of give every information into one platform? You know, how, how can we trust something, uh, uh, with, with our whole identity is, so much? But, but that's what we're already doing. We're right? already I mean, doing is, it. We're already doing <laughs> and, it. And that's really, <laughs> and we're giving it to individuals called Mark Zuckerberg. It's crazy. Yeah. It's totally insane. And, you're also giving away the, the added value that's building new services to these people. What if you could keep it in your own bubble? Because this is what's building, this is what, this is actually what's making China so rich. They're keeping everything in their own bubble. I'm not saying we should do it like them. We can't. We have to do it in our own way. But, but, but it's, it's, it's totally, it's absolutely massively insane. If you, if you really understand what's happening, you're, you're giving away everyone in Europe at this moment with every act. Is sort of giving away a part of their own future and the future of their children. It's really, really, really. But uh, I mean, if, if, if this and, is, yeah. sorry, if this if this is a new sort of like governance, if this is a new sort of like uh, a political arena that helps us kind of govern us in in different ways. If it's not the states where this is coming from, if it's not the commission, if it's not the political representation in Brussels that is doing this, where should it come from? Come from us, from you, from me, from 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 um, from the from from the startup ecology, from Dynog, from all the people, from the people that are, that sort of it it. This is the people that are that are now that are because it's not um, it it it's already happening. So so a lot of these things are already happening. They are just not put in a coherent framework, and the main reason is is that we have no progressive front. There is, again, we only have people who, the people that I know at the moment that are somehow thinking, uh, there's even people that are moving away now to, let's say, Georgia, Tbilisi, the new Berlin, sort of like, and they're going off. 
and they they say, well, we tried, and and I know, and these, these people have worked very high in very big organizations. And they're really getting very scared because they see the tsunami coming, and they want to sort of close off. And I'm telling them, I think I think that's a, I mean, actually, I wrote about this in 2007, in, mm-hmm. in a text on the Internet of Things, when I listed basically three. Um, possible actions that were also actions of the German intellectuals in the 30s. So we know that Menno Tebrak, the Dutch intellectual, killed himself on the day of the, uh, the or the day before or the day that the Germans invaded Holland because he knew what was going to happen. Um, the other um, act was the Unabomber. He also saw mm. it. If you if you read the Unabomber, Ted Kaczynski's manifesto, he, he clearly states. That 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 um, we're going to live in a kind of simulacrum. This simulacrum will look like an interface of a technological kind, and the kids will grow up in the interface, and it will be very difficult for them to go outside of this interface and actually look at the the wider world. It's happening as we speak. Of course, he didn't have the internet, so he had to get this message across with his with his campaign, which was, of course, awful and not good, sending around bomb letters, which was a bad, very bad thing to do, and he's now in jail for that. But his letter um, um, that was then posted, is based the Unabomber Manifesto, is, is basically saying this. And, of course, he still had a kind of a way out, which was nature, and we know we don't have nature now also you know, as a way mm. out. Mm-hmm. Uh, some, uh, like I said, some people still think that. I think they're mistaken because at some point the Wi-Fi will also come there. It will be everywhere. Mm-hmm. So there's not going to be any places unless, and this is now I come back to my logical scenario, if we do not act, if we don't get these type of new cybernetic notions of building our own European or our own Danish or our own Dutch or our own and then federate that, systems, which is very logical, is keeping the data of the places where people pay taxes in the same bubble, which to me is like very, very simple common sense. And the people who are not doing that are then also not fit to rule. So mm-hmm. if they cannot, if they cannot, um, if they cannot make sure, if I'm paying them uh, like taxes, like 60% of taxes in the club, and they cannot, ha- they cannot harness my data in their mm-hmm. bubbles, then I, have a, I, I, I think at some point I will have a kind of a ethical or moral right to say I'm not going to do that anymore. Mm. Okay. I'm, especially, and then so again, and especially mm-hmm. if I can probably travel on ID2020 password in three years from now, which will then negotiate visa rights for me. So mm. situation is extremely urgent. So there's mm. one, there's one thing that, that is left standing of public agency. I'm not talking about states. States will go down and I'm happy. But it's just a model that that there was there was that, that I'm talking about governance and decision making. We need data driven governance. We need we need decision making. We have that in our wearables. We accept it in our homes. We accept it in the connected car. We have it in a smart city. And we leave politics to to a kind of atavistic notion of like voting every once for a year, in which we accept a one in four year data stream as a real time impact for four year of decision making. Mm. Try to sell that to a smart home appliance. <laughs> Try to sell that to a connected car. I'm going to connect with you one is every four years, and I'm going to make decisions for you for four years. I mean, this is, this is, I mean, so this is really, this is what we have to get across. Now, unfortunately, we've got a full progressive list of people who actually thinks I've gone over to, the, I'm going over to the dark side. Um, and they're still stuck on trying to hide themselves or provide their privacy or security in a, in a situation in which is fully, 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 fully impossible. Mm-hmm. So 
so so that's that's basically that's the um, uh, that's I think the main um, the main I mean, main thing is to sort of get some realism in the space. I, I can I can I can see how your argument kind of working against the governments as they are, right? Uh, and and if you speak about the new governments, obviously it would kind of lead to some sort of like government or structure or or state in the future where however you call it right that it's gonna absolutely. I mean, well, I've got nothing there, against, and, absolutely. and 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 there, there needs to be some form of political arena in which decisions yeah. are being made yes. and maybe you know uh voting every four years is not not the ideal thing um and but you know that that's that's a cultural uh, and political debate that we probably need to kind of keep on having uh do you see any chances of kind of working that system from the inside i mean already the european union was a political structure that didn't exist like a hundred years ago exactly. it came into effect and it was envisioned as something that would kind of would work across different nation states for for numerous reasons of course um would you could you see that the european union could become such a, a governance structure that would help us undermine uh, the privatization of our our civic society. Absolutely, uh, I think this, it was built for this. So the, um, it wasn't built to be as it is now. It was it, it, it came out of the war, and then these the, let's say the old statesmen would sit there, and um, and uh, their major um, objective, like having no more war, was then translated into into what would later become years later because a very slow process became the euro. And of course, it makes no sense. You can actually not go to war if you have the same currency because everything you do is like totally transparent to all the other people in the same zone. So you cannot start a war anymore because you cannot amass the resources to actually sort of start it. So that this is massively brilliant. To, to and basically, what you're proposing is doing the same thing, right? Because absolutely. you stop you're stopping a war by kind of taking uh, data and basically making a public good and you you cannot take advantage of all the data if you're not you know participating in that in that um free 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 market zone of data exactly. I don't know exactly. exactly 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 so this is, this is also how i see it. i think it's so logical so the first step was kind of this euro and the, and, and this was because the war was on goods and material things and sort of now the war is on data and on virtual things so if you don't own the virtual hospital, yeah, you don't own the hospital. If you don't own, like, the, like the, um, the connected car is there because the virtual twin, the data representation of that car is going to act before you can act in your car. So, so this is, this is the moment where, um, where, where the people who do not understand this kind of internet of things in this kind of hybrid way that becomes this, this new object. Um, they still think that there's an analog world and there's some digital world, and if you and but that's no longer the case. The um, if you don't control if you don't control the real car, if you also don't control the data body of the car, you basically don't control the car because the data body is now actuating into the real car, and this will happen with all objects that are IoT, and they will they will be, they will be massively massively interacting in ways that the AI will predict and we cannot predict and, and things will happen that, that sort of that, that we will have no real agency over at least then have it in your own bubble at least it, at least you isn't, write your own it, algorithms sort of right it, so it, like, why would you have that run on Facebook I mean I, like, like I said if we, if we continue like this we can continue like this 
And then it will be the end of the dem democracies, is the end of the social system, mm. is Mad Max and a few smart cities, and there will be heavy, heavy militarized zones. Mm. And they're mm. already being built. So gated communities is the fastest rising, rising form of building on the planet. Yeah. We all feel that the middle is sort of going. The rich are already out of our reach, but the other, the, the lesser rich, are now going into, into gated communities also themselves, which is perfectly being made accessible by IoT because I only need a septic tank. Then mm. I can have my, all the things that I used to be, that was dependent on by a state or big business, I can do now for a thousand euros and I can mm. run my own cameras, I can run my own security, mm. my own water, my own energy, I can sort of set up my own smart home. And I can have, I can have everything delivered to my house by Alexa or, or Amazon Prime. So, um, so if we don't have a new governance structure on what is social, what is public, what is, how do we, what, what, if we really want these values to play in our society and not just for the rich, we have got to take agency. We've got to take control of the infrastructure. Mm. But isn't it, I mean, isn't there also a danger of, of kind of, doing it even better than Facebook in terms of uh, measuring or reducing our being into everything that we can measure. Because, you know, part of your argument is, is that uh, it's there, it's happening, let's at least do it ourselves uh, and and take it to an extreme, you know, say, okay, we, we go two steps ahead and then at least, you know, we, we have it in our hands. But exactly. isn't that also kind of buying into the idea, okay, that's inevitable. There is human no. human nature. Humans' no. uh, being will be no. reduced to yeah. all that data. I yeah, mean, is totally. that not all, one yeah. of the consequences of your proposals as well? Yes, totally, fully, and you're fully right. Uh, I cannot fool you, of course, but uh, no, you're totally right. Um, then again, so um, ideally, I would go against the paradigm. Mm. Um, if I would do that now. I would, I would, uh, reduce my role drastically. Mm -hmm. And I would marginalize myself totally. And I'd be, I, and I'd be on the side of esoteric hippies. And I'd be on my own and, and playing football. I don't mind actually. Instead of, instead of, so, so, so this is Lenin, right? This is like, this is like strategy. This is like being honest. This is by looking at what actually is happening. Who are the enemies? What is hap What is the, where is the territory? What is the fight? Um, this paradigm is, is occupying 99% of the full predictive capabilities of everything. How can I fight that now? I mean, I, I can't, I can go to the 1%, but I would be 1%. The 99% would simply, so I'd rather, I'd rather lure the 99% into, into the, in, and, and, and do the same and build the model. At least have it under control, build a governance system, and then slow it down. You can right. only slow it down if you have the infrastructure. If we have this triangle with the device and the service and the infrastructure, which is possible, is doable, then we can then we can have debates, then we can then we can have education, then we can have pedagogy, which is totally lacking at the moment. Mm. It's just everything's just happening. We are living on an extremely insane um, American sort of uh, uh, Silicon Valley startup transhumanism pace. That's insane. We need to stop it. But we're mm. not gonna. But but it, it's 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 grown into it's like Sauron in Mordor, right? 
mm. sort of sort of you cannot defeat Sauron head on. You've got to mm. go and, and put and throw ego into the fire. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, yeah, but I mean, uh, it, it's interesting that you put it like that because in a way, the strategy is kind of to first kind of outsmart. The, the system by being better and, and taking control of the infrastructure through that, right? And then maybe being in a position where you can actually talk about the more uh, paramedic um, or, or more fundamental yes. kind of decisions yes, about like yes. what, what what is yeah. left for us humans to be if, yeah. if everything is just measured, you know, and yeah. and delivered and, yeah. and provided. Um, and, and that's probably an idea that, that, you know, strategically, you're probably right. I mean, prob- we, we kind of need to do that first and then can, we can do the second step. Um, uh, that, that's a really interesting thinking. That's I'm a little bit, idea. yeah, yeah. 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 I'm, I'm a little bit conscious yeah. of time. So yeah. we're, we're already chatting an hour. So now, <laughs> I, I wanna, <laughs> quite but, but this is really what I like to, this is really what I like to think I, and talk about because of course it's all not uh, clear uh, and, um, and um, it sounds really crazy. And um, uh, so, how to how to how to get different groups of people to um, to citizens? I think, in a way, if we can go to them and say, "Look, you're being robbed by the minute. Wouldn't you like to sort of have your your funds and resources being also more ready accessible for you?" I would say they would say yes immediately. Mm. Um, and this is the hook where you kind of have to get them, right? This is yes, and 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 uh, and, um, and um, actually a few um, half a year ago, I found a book. Um, it's it's uh, oh, let me get it. It's by March Pierce, and it's called okay. "Woman at the Edge of Time." Right. And it's a, it's a fantastic type of kind of a novel situation, in which. There's a, 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 a lady and, and she's going to some world in 2030 or something and that's all kinds of stuff. And in that world, which is a totally high tech world, but the high tech is basically underneath and it all looks like small villages from the Middle Ages. Sort of like this is this <laughs> beautiful combination of, let's say, Brico, Dadala, all the kinds of, and then, but it's like pure, pure renewable energy and sort of like, and, and sort of all that stuff. So it's, it's not the high tech, but it's like, and, Everybody has, it's really unbelievable, they have a, what is called a Kenner, K-A-N-N-A-R, which is a device. <laughs> that, and, and that device is hooked up to, let's say, the central infrastructure in a way, but it's all, all described as a supporting device, which mm. of course is the whole point. So I don't mind, sort of, if me, as, if I'm being described in 20,000 data points, I would like to have some idea about what the data points are and some, some negotiation about the properties of all of that. But if I would get feedback on that, on, on myself, that's actually helping me and supporting me, of course I would like, I mean, so, yeah. so the whole, so, but this is a sort of like, so this is, so she <laughs> so describes some, it. Some, somebody has written up your, your yes. vision in her paper. Yes. She, written it, she wrote it in the 60s. Um, as a as a closing of the of of that conversation, I just um, uh, want to know a little bit about how you keep positive uh, and 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 about these futures, about these trajectories that we 
uh, that we are on and how, how we can bend them towards desirable futures more. Um, I, I read your uh, report on the in, in, on the history of the IIT Council, uh, which you founded uh, um, many years ago. And, and there you kind of say that in a different report, you kind of in an in initial version, you kind of ended with we are doomed. And then, <laughs> and then in the last minute, you sort of like changed it into I have my window open wide. Um, and I, I just wanted to kind of ask you, why did you change it? And what keeps you going in, in, well, in think, about the future? Well, I think uh, it all comes back to your, um, your own words about the slightly skewed. I think I think we're slightly. I mean, I think we're slightly skewed. I'm slightly skewed, and and have some friends. And then it's our our duty, I would say, our obligation, um, if we have that, to to flip that in the right direction. So when I was writing uh, writing the text uh, with Sean Dodson, we were actually sitting in this ear in in, in the was study where I'm sitting, and um, and in a way we and I was actually I was actually writing with fuck. So and in a way we are sort of um, like we know. I mean, sort of like like I said, if I had the button now, I'd push it. We have just this has to stop. I mean, it, it cannot go. It cannot go on at this pace. Sort of we we are um, we we are, um, the, sort of the world becomes too un unreadable for normal people for us. Like because we we we, we can no longer trust any of the objects around us because we, we don't know what they're doing or sort of like so um, we, we cannot build a society on that we cannot build relationships on that we cannot build friendship on that right? we cannot all the, the normal the logical human things are moving out and this is because again the drive in the driver's seat is an engineer who who um, is a great, very nice person? I'm I'm working with lots of engineers, all great guys, but all incapable of 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 looking outside of their room. They will they will optimize the room, but if you show them the house, that that's sort of like they'll, so some but so someone has to show them the house. I mean that that is basically it. So at the moment we have in the driver's seat, we have an intelligence that's incapable of leading. In the way that we, as humans, need to be led in a society, they're, incap- they're capable of leading a factory, but they're not capable of leading a city or a town. They're lacking all the other qualities, like, uh, let's say, humor, honor. Um, I'm, we're totally exaggerating now, right? It's like a bit of a caricature, but it's how I feel about it. They're lacking, sort of like, um, all the other qualities of, like, let's say, the deal from the businessman. The wit, the sort of like the wheeling dealing, the honor of the, the, the warrior, sort of like the, the, the transcendence and the poetry of the priest. So all we get is pure numbers in everything. This is sort of, this is happening now as we, as we, as we speak. So, um, but it's 99%. And so there's still 1% uh, that, that, that is unoccupiable by definition. I would, I would, I, because <laughs> Because none of the intelligence can have a hundred percent, but this one is very clever, and it, it, it occupied the niches sort of massively because of the the protocol. So Windsor, Bob Kahn, they knew this. Uh, they, they, um, and uh, mm-hmm. Tim Berners Lee also. He wasn't. He's now. He could predict. Of course, people predicted fake news in 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 uh, ninety four because mm-hmm. we 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 knew this was going to happen. Ted Nelson also did, did the same thing. So should, nobody should say that that this was not. There, 
this trajectory of Facebook and closed and fake news was there. But the other trajectory, like the the Kenner trajectory, is also <laughs> still there. So this is the 1% trajectory that... Um, Keeps you going. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and it gets, it gets conversations like this, which yeah. makes me very happy. Uh, so, yep. uh, and, and so I think we have this, I really mean it, this kind of obligation is a big word, but I mean, if we... If we flip to this kind of uh, to this kind of pessimism and negativity, then there is basically nothing left. So mm. it's it's um, and also I really and I believe it. I really really believe that the the, the drivers are stronger than the current let's say cages in which they are being harnessed. Mm. So we we know about Orkut, right? So so Facebook. I mean, none of these. None of these uh, things are, are, are forever or, or, um, or, or, yeah. or given. Uh, yeah. um, Rob, that, that's a f fantastic kind of end note to kind of stay positive and believe in that 1% and, and keep, keep changing the world and keep producing ideas that might change the world. Um, Thank you so much for that conversation. I think uh, I really hope it's going to be the 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 first and the and of many more conversations to come. And I, I really would love to kind of keep this uh, uh, going. Thank you very much. Thank you.